I'm Matthew Woods, host of Leading Out of the Woods, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Dell H. Smith. Dell was an international marketing consultant, and upon retirement, he focused on using reason to discover life's purpose. Join us as we talk about his book, Discovering Life's Purpose, Reexamining the Club. Oh, you're going to be thinking. If you haven't thought about this topic, you're going to think today. It's going to get you, uh, get those fires going upstairs. Uh, Thanks for listening. And by the way, before you go, it'd be so cool if you went to my website, stephenmaletto.com, and uh, you could go to the review section and you could leave a review right there. Say something nice, maybe. (laughs) That would be awesome. You could also check out uh, my blog and uh, check out uh, other videos as well as check out the uh, uh, the different podcasts that are there it'd be so cool if you did that and by the way you could also subscribe become one of my email followers and from time to time i'll send out uh, i'll send out an email just uh, talking about uh, different topics uh, within education so hope you're doing well and uh, thanks so much for listening you are awesome enjoy the show it's the education podcast, your favorite show, with lots of groovy guests and they share what they know. So crank it up to 10 and let your neighbors know that here's another show with Dr. Steve Leto. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Ah, ah, with Dr. Steve Leto. Dell H. Smith was an international marketing consultant. His clients included IBM, Microsoft, Dell Computers, Hewlett-Packard, and many other global companies. He has developed financial and sales process methodologies that have been adopted in over a dozen countries. Upon retirement, he directed his business experience to the development of reason-based thought processes in pursuit of establishing one's life purpose. He is the author of an inspiring book, Discovering Life's Purpose, Reexamining the Club. Also, he is the developer of an experiential learning methodology that applies one's unique life experience to their reason-based thinking. Dell has devoted two decades of research into discovering the purpose of life. His research includes the study of philosophy and participation in religious retreats. His research is fueled by extensive reading of books by atheists, spiritualists, and religious apologists. His personal pursuit of life's purpose ran the gamut from atheist to unfulfilled convert to fervent Christian. His journey involved a critical examination of the club, the multi-denominational Christian church. Smith has developed a video channel entitled The Meaning of Life video series, as well as a blog. Dell's family includes his three children, their late mother, his three grandchildren, and his wife, Marcel. He lives in Markham, Ontario, Canada. Our focus will be Dell's book, Discovering Life's Purpose, Reexamining the Club. Dell, thanks for joining me today, and say hi to everyone. Well, thanks to your, hello to your audience, and it's nice, thanks for the opportunity of, of meeting with them. Well, I'm glad to have you here, and uh, let's start with something that you have, uh, that you've said. I, I read this, something that you said. Mo- most of us are so busy putting one foot in front of the other that we seldom look up and see where we are going. Can you explain this just a little bit further? What are you talking about? Yeah, what I mean is that our lives are extremely demanding. Um, You know, the days never seem long enough. There's so much to do. There's so many things that distract our attention from from really where are we going? Where, why are we here? Um, What happens when we die? Uh, What are we supposed to do? 
and those questions, they just don't go away. You know, you can put them aside as most people do. And I certainly, as I did, as long as I was working, I, I didn't have time for looking at life's purpose <laughs> when I was working. I wish I had, because I would have been a better person and a better father if I'd given it more thought. But, but I think most people are, have that same problem. Their lives are too busy to, to really sit back and say, what am I, what's my purpose here? What am I, here for. I think that's so right, you know, and just a note, you know, the idea that we we don't stop and think about it is because I think we keep ourselves so busy that uh, we really don't want to, you know, do we really want to ask those questions? I mean, you're talking to, to someone who this last year I had a tumor removed from my brain and, uh, wow. and I'm it just celebrated my one year anniversary of this uh, February 1st of, of the surgery. And um, I just had my uh, one-year meeting with one of the surgeons. I got a next one coming up. But the first one, looking at the MRI and explaining yeah. to me why everything looks, why he's saying that it all looks good and it's looking like it should, and and uh, which is awesome. So, you know, there's well, a... Oh, yeah, congratulations. That's a very scary thing. I mean, I think the brain, we, we don't like people messing with our brain. <laughs> you got that right. And it's one of those things where I didn't thought about it much. It, well, I... I once they started explaining exactly what it was all about, I started going, wow. And, but at the same time, I was trying to avoid even thinking about it because afterwards that's when all the thinking came. Cause it's like, you know, yeah. You know, wow. Wow. And, <laughs> and so I say that because it really makes you stop and go, because at one time I'm learning, I'm getting help to walk and I'm getting help to be able to make it even wow. to the end yes. of my driveway and stuff like that. And, and uh, that's far behind me and it's, it's nice, but although it made you think, you know, all the stuff you're talking about is like, what are you, what am I here for? What am I doing? And, uh, is this, uh, is there more? Is it, you know, what's you know, all the questions you just ask? I mean, right. What, right. what should I be doing? I guess. And, and so I, I gotta say this and, you know, one of the, the things that you talk about is, uh, is this, I mean, why do you think we need meaning in our lives? I mean, why is it important? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I guess my simple answer would be, uh, as far as we know, life has no do-overs. Uh, we get one. We get one chance. You know, we get a few decades to live the best life we can live, and and so that's one reason. The second reason is most of what we direct our lives to. And, and it's good that we do, like raising a family, making ends meet, to being a good citizen. Um, you know what I mean? The, the goals we set for ourselves. Um, but is there more to it? And it, the more I thought about it, the more I thought, hey, our creator created us. Uh, and, and some people don't believe there's a creator. And so in the book, we, we address that issue as well as in the video channel. But assuming that you accept that you were created, must you not have been created for a purpose? And, and must that purpose not trump any purpose we could come up with? 
And that's why I call it discovering life's purpose. I believe that, and my research establishes that our creator has a purpose for our lives. And that's the one we we fail to pursue at our, at our peril. Oh, it, it makes sense. I mean, you know, it's, uh, I, you know, I read, I read your words and, uh, you know, really, and with my own life event, it's one of those things that really, it put the brakes on everything and said to me, what are you doing? <laughs> All right. Well, it's, that's, I, yeah, that makes sense. And, and maybe that's, maybe that was the good thing. Oh, I, I, well, I think, I think yeah, yeah maybe right. most people need something like that, scary as it is. I think you're right, and you know what, you know, like you've you've said, said your your book, uh, discovering life's purpose, reexamining the club, is about finding your purpose. I mean, what was it that made you make this a goal or a direction that you decided to follow after you retired from the corporate world? I mean, why why'd you go? Ah, I got to do this. Yeah. And, and by that, you mean uh, write the book, do the Correct. research and write the book, right? right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, so what happened, it, it, it just, I was, I was, I was continually dissatisfied. And dissatisfaction is a good motivator to do something about it. Uh, I was dissatisfied with the atheism that I practiced in the 20s, in my 20s that, um, you know, atheism doesn't make sense <laughs> if you examine there. And I've examined a lot of them, uh, you know, um, very prominent atheists. And their arguments all boil down to about a dozen and a half. And in the book, in chapter, I believe it is chapter 12, uh, we examine all those arguments. And it turns out, well, certainly for me, I conclude they don't, they, they are refuted. They don't make sense. Uh, but at the time, but they're very persuasive and they're generally promoted by people who are very intelligent and, uh, and therefore it's, it's hard to discount them. But because uh, it didn't make sense to me, atheism was a dissatisfaction. I met, uh, my roommate in university was a cradle Roman Catholic, and the woman I fell in love with at first sight was a, a cradle Roman Catholic. So that made me think, gee, if they're wrong, and I'm right that atheism's true, and then nobody's got a problem. But if they're right about the purpose of their lives as, as they saw it and, and based on religious teaching. If, if they're right and I'm wrong, boy, so boy, I'm, I'm on thin ice. So what happened was I examined the Roman Catholic church and I, I was a skeptic uh, because his, their teachings are dogmatic, as you know, and, and there's no substantiation for them. You know, you're, you're told to believe it. And I guess if you grew up as a cradle Catholic, that's not so difficult. But as a convert, it was very difficult because I, I could not accept, I couldn't drive my life based on unsubstantiated teachings. So that dissatisfaction led me in to say, hey, I got to, I got to do something about this. And fortunately, I was uh, introduced to philosophy 
And the idea of formal, not the idea, the practice of formal reasoning. And that turned the corner. It turned the corner that I now could, with sound thinking, know as well as I know anything what what the purpose of life is. And that's what we deal with in chapter 13 of the book. So, so now I thought, I want now I want to explore these ideas with as many people as I can find uh, to who are willing. And what turned out is almost no one's willing. They're not willing because they feel this subject of life's purpose is theirs. It's personal. Nobody else's business. And they also feel that if they allow a discussion to get into that area, then they're going to have to defend what their position is. And in many cases, they're, they're not that not that competent, not that competent. They're not that confident in their position. And so it's embarrassing. So the net is I couldn't find anybody to talk to. So I thought if I want to share ideas, maybe if I put them my ideas in a book and invite commentary, they can read that in private and they don't have to respond right away and they don't have to defend their position. And so I felt it was a a necessary way of enriching my understanding of life's purpose to be able to get at ideas and share them with others. Excellent. I, you know, it's uh, what, well, and I can only imagine as you're reading and trying to figure out what, since you, you're talking about what you did believe and you're questioning those thoughts and you're starting to read and trying to figure out somebody to talk to about this and, and these readings are either helping or <laughs> I don't know if they were hindering, but uh, at the same time, making you wonder um, even more, I guess, is where I'm going with that. The idea that uh, oh, this kind of opened some new doors here, <laughs> um, new yeah. questions I need to ask. Uh, yeah. So what we keep mer- mentioning is life's purpose. So before we go any further, let's talk about what you are specifically talking about when you say that so that we're all on the same wavelength and thinking about what you think. When you say life's purpose, what do you mean? Yeah, so so what I mean is what were we created to be? So so our creator created us and 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 thus must have wanted to and he must have had a purpose for us. And so then I started digging into, you see, what that purpose would be. And the reasoning that's in chapter 13 of the book takes person through the thought processes, the formal thought process that led me to my to my knowledge, as I say, as good as any knowledge we have, none of us have absolute knowledge, but knowledge based on formal reasoning is as sound as science, knowledge based on science. They both can be refuted by new evidence, but they're as good as it gets. You know, that's the best knowledge we have. So that knowledge led me to say, okay, what about, what is this creator? Yeah, we got a creator, but what's his relationship with us? 
And that's tough because it's pretty hard to reason a creator that you can't see, you don't really have any evidence of uh, and any involvement with. So I turned to creation. I said, maybe if I can, I can know something about creation because all of us procreate. So we have experience with creation, with the idea of create, not the idea, the experience of creation. And what's that like? And what I concluded is that nobody creates uh, a being and then rejects it. When we create, when we have, when we have a child, we want that child to love us and we love that child about as selflessly as we're able. So inductive reasoning, which is part of the formal process, says if every evidence I can see and experience leads to a, the same conclusion, creators love their created. If until we can find an exception to that, then we can know all creators have that same experience. That's inductive reasoning. So it's, it's very powerful reasoning because it deals with stuff that we cannot directly experience. So, so okay, so with that lengthy introduction, so, so the next part of it is nobody creates nobody that we've ever seen creates with the idea of destroying their creation. And, and nobody creates with the idea that their created predeceases them. You know, no, that's the worst. That's probably the toughest experience people can have is when a child predeceases them. And, and so, so using inductive reasoning again, until we find exception to that, we can know that all creators uh, want their created to not predecease them. Now that's pretty pretty powerful because if our creator's eternal and we're not going to predecease them, then I guess we're going to be around for in eternity. So that type of reasoning, then you say, okay, what does what do creators, us, our procreate, what do we want from our children? And what we want for them is to love us like we love them and to love their siblings, right? Every, I, can't, I can't think of any creator that says, no, I don't want my kids to do that. <laughs> so that would mean then that all creators want what they create to love them and love all the other people they've created uh, as selflessly and unconditionally as they're able. And, and since that's what our creator wants, since reasoning uh, concludes that that's what our creator wants, then that's its purpose for us. And going back to what I said earlier, then its purpose trumps whatever we might come up with. So the, so the net is, and there's an implication to that, because the implication is it's not just my purpose. You see, the creator didn't decide, hey, you know, I want Dell to do this, and I want Stephen to do this. 
you know, he he wanted essentially us to love him and all is created as selflessly and unconditionally as we're able. So that means if you accept all that, which is a lot, big, awful, big meal to digest, if you accept all that, then it is everyone's purpose. It's not just my purpose. And, and that's a very controversial thing to say. But if you go through the rationale, it's pretty hard to see it any other way. So, and that's a pretty important purpose, especially if we're going to live for eternity. We better learn to love that creator, right? Very much so. Yeah. So, so does that kind of get at your question? It's awful long answer. I hope it does. No, it does. It does very much so. I mean, it's, you know, it's when we, when we think about, uh, you know, cause when someone starts asking questions about, uh, you know, when they stop to think about what's going on around them and, you know, why am I here? Um, there's so much that goes into that because, you know, like some people, if you were to ask them, um, so what do you think your purpose is? Uh, they might say something like, well, I don't know, maybe just to, to do good, to, to not cause anybody harm, to, to um, you know, be nice to people and, and maybe try and do my best. Um, and, and what I wanted to kind of get into a little bit is, why do you think that's, that may not be, there might be more to it than that, than just trying to do nice? Yeah. Uh, those are very important. And, and in fact, they're complementary to the creator's purpose, but they don't, they don't go far enough. Okay. We're, we're, we're trying to be good, but we need to love our creator uh, more than we love anything else, anyone else. Right. That's what it means. Just like, uh, we want our kids to love us more than they love anyone else. So that's very demanding. Uh, and, and to love all of, of civilization, love all of the people that were created, is even more demanding because there's a lot, awful lot of unattractive uh, and worse evil. <laughs> people out there, which reason says we're supposed to love. And, and the interesting thing about that, about reasoning leading to that conclusion, is although religion doesn't have any substantiation, that reasoning provides a substantiation. Because as you know, it, 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 just take one religion, Christianity, Christ taught that we were, we must, our, his, first, his first and second commandment, the greatest commandment is love your creator with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he followed that up. Someone said, well, but who's my neighbor? And he said, everybody. So in other words, religion establishes the same purpose that reasoning established and and those and since the creator establishes with that purpose in mind anything less than that is insufficient it's complementary you know if you're happy if you're 
successful, if you're making people's lives better, if you're giving back to all those very worthy goals, earthly goals are real important, but our earthly life is a few decades. And if it's true that our creator intends that we not predecease it, then we better get ready for, for a pretty long life, for an eternal life, and with the creator. And and so that's why I, I would say worthy goals that we come up with are not quite enough. Well, in fact, they, can, they fall a bit short. And uh, now that doesn't mean we, we have to be perfect. It, we have to do it as selflessly and selflessly and unconditionally as we're able. See, we have to do our best. And and the only way to know if you're doing your best is to try and do a little better. And it's kind of like one more rep if you're, uh, your physical trainer's on your case. Uh, one more rep. And until you can't do one more rep, you know you haven't done your best. So similarly, when I'm trying to love my creator and all it's created as selflessly and unconditionally as I'm able, that's the only way I can know what I'm able to do. My creator knows what I'm able to do, but I can only know if I push myself to my limit. Once I hit that limit, okay, now I know I've done it as well as I am able. That's excellent. Uh, you know, one of the, I mean, when we think about this, I mean, I, and I think a lot of times it's just that we don't, you know, when you're thinking about your purpose and what you're doing and, and uh, I think it's easy just to explain it off by saying, well, I try to do good, but to really sit and think and how could I do a step above that or more than a step above that? Or, you know, what does that look like? And am I really, doing what I could be doing. I, I think there's so many at facets to what you're talking about that it's just, it's something that uh, um, you could take, anybody could take action on because you could see what you could do to just step it up a little bit. So, so tell me about, uh, you know, you were doing all this researching in philosophy and spirituality and religion. Is there anything that really stood out to you in your research? I mean, what just kind of popped out at you? Well, the thing, the, the thing that hit me most, but like most of that research produces ideas, produces thinking, right? And, and it comes from uh, reading, as you said in the introduction, the works of atheists and apologists and spiritualists and, and, uh, and, and using reasoning, formal reasoning, as we've talked about, and re-examining religion, <laughs> like, most people have, not most, but an increasing number of people have rejected religion for many reasons, uh, and quite understandably. But the, the, the problem with rejecting religion is, that, is you're throwing the whole thing out. <laughs> what you want to reject is all that religion gets wrong. And chapters 14 to 18 of the book treat that. What is religion getting wrong? Why is it so hard to accept? And it's because it is wrong and obviously wrong about quite a few things that are outlined in the book. And 
And so it's logical to kind of react against it and say, okay, I'm done with it. You know, and and not only just their teachings are bad, but their leaders are bad. Like they're doing all, and, and the whole religion is bad. They've atrocities through the through the century. So but I'm just expanding a bit on why I understand why people reject religion. But the problem with rejecting uh, something, you know, religion has given more thought to life's purpose to millennia than anybody, any of us. So to throw out everything that they teach, because you're, you can't accept some of what they teach, it doesn't really, it isn't in your best interest. So, so that's one of the things that I found. But the other thing I found is that religion, spirituality, and reasoning all come to the same conclusion of life's purpose. And, and so that adds foundation to that position. It says, you know, if if you come at something three different ways and you come up with the same answer, it's is it not likely that you're onto the onto something that it may be the right answer? So that's what hit me. I didn't know that. I didn't know religion would reinforce reasoning, that spirituality would reinforce religion, that they would all come up with the same thing. And that's a pretty startling uh discovery. Gotcha. That's I appreciate you sharing that because because now that that's going to lead me up to asking you this question, which is so what's your life purpose? I mean, how would you figure it out? What do you what do you think that your life purpose is all about now? Yeah. So so my life's purpose is that is what I concluded is my Creator's purpose for my life, and that is to love my Creator. You know, that's an interesting thing to. Do. To, to say that 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 I must love my creator, you know, why must I love? Why does my creator need love? Why does my creator need worship? You know, it he's he's tons more self-sufficient than I am. Has he got insecurity problems that he wants us to worship him? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, and maybe, just maybe, our Creator doesn't even want us to worship Him. What He wants us is to love Him, and He doesn't want that for Him. He wants it for us, because the 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 our our Creator wants us to become one with Him, is the way way people take say it. Become at one. Religion says, you, you know your spirit, God is in you when you are in God, you know. Spirituality says uh, the great power uh, has universal consciousness, and it, it spreads that amongst all that it created, and it gave humans the unique ability to internalize, to take that universal consciousness into their individual consciousness. So they're all saying we need to be one with our creator. And so that's 
that's how I came to the conclusion that that is not only my purpose, but the purpose of all of us. And that's the idea I want to expose people to. Like, I don't want to tell people that. <laughs> that's not my purpose. My purpose is to get them thinking about that. And, and as you mentioned in the introduction, experiential learning says, spend time, a little bit of time, thinking about what you experienced. What did you read? What did you see on television? What did you find on the internet? What did you get from talking to other people? And what can you learn from that? And based on what you learn, what does that tell you about life's purpose? It's a continual search. And I'm still searching, by the way. Like, like it's only in the last four or five years that I've, that I've, understood anything about spirituality you know i just wrote it off like you know that's there's there's nothing to it was my was my thinking of course and of course that's not very sound thinking and uh, but there's a wonderful book uh, about spirituality written by a scientist and who establishes it's referenced in the in the uh, video channel on my website to to find it but it's really it's really demonstrates that spirituality is real and so uh so yeah so that's what that that's how i came to that conclusion is is that it was reinforced by all three areas that i researched gotcha very cool you know, because, you know, I don't think you can go, I, well, I guess there are people who can go through the world and not think much about uh, tomorrow or the future or even how they experienced their past and what the past and how it could have been improved. And then what, uh, you know, who their cr- creator is, or even just getting to the whole comment about what my purpose is and am I achieving it? Am I even approaching it? Uh, you know, one of the things that I, I wanted to ask you is, uh, what advice would you give to someone who has major questions that they want to learn answer or learn more about? I mean, what suggestions would you give them for finding those answers? Well, um, I guess, uh, I guess the main one would be the, the main suggestion I would make. Most people don't have two and a half decades to research what they need to know. They just don't. They may at some point when they retire, like I did, but most people don't. So what what the book provides is the, the ideas that were produced by that research. And those ideas can be read in a couple of couple of evenings read. It will take a lot more to digest those ideas and determine if they're ideas that are sound and make sense to you. But you can you can at least get exposed to those ideas. And once you do, the book also references much of that research. So it references um, places you can search, like the writings that you can search of other people's writings. So, so the simple answer is, is 
never stop. First of all, start <laughs> and then never stop searching. And and you will find, you know, Jesus said, ask and you will receive, you know, uh, seek and you will find, you know, and it is true. You will learn a lot if you can summon up the perseverance to follow that search. That's the advice I would give is I, I would, it sounds a bit self-serving, but I do believe that th that book and the website are a good place to start because you, you will find dozens and dozens of ideas that you may not have thought through. And now be, seeing them, you now have the opportunity to do two things, to say, okay, which of those ideas makes sense to me? And which of those ideas reinforce each other? In other words, if this idea leads to this conclusion, and this idea does as well, and this idea does, then those ideas are probably right. Right? So, so the problem with searching is that you end up with a ton of ideas. And so the idea that so then that's how you call you call them by determining which ones make sense and which ones reinforce each other. And if you can follow that journey, I I'm sure <laughs> you won't have a difficulty with that search. I'm sure that you will discover life's purpose. Awesome. Thank you. Because yeah, that's got to be something that's kind of, you know, as I ask questions or as I am trying to find answers, am I going to get to where I can actually feel like I have an answer or am I just going to come up with way more and more questions? To ask? Mm -hmm. That's that's right. And that's a fear. And, and that's what my experience uh, dispels that fear. No, you won't. You know, yes, you will have a lot. Your, the ideas you come up with will generate more questions, but that's not bad. That's the, your, the questions you pursue are what strengthen your knowledge. So it, you know, it's, and, and I think the, the other thing is when you start, you know, this can look like a just impossible project. You know, how am I ever going to determine what my creator wants of me? But, but the thing that most tough projects, the toughest part of them is starting. And, and once you start to explore some ideas and see which ones make sense and reinforce each other, it's very encouraging. Hey, you think to yourself, hey, I'm getting somewhere. But in order to get all the way, never stop that searching. That would be, that's what I would, my experience would indicate is, is pretty important. Excellent. Thank you. I, you know, one of the things that this has to bring me to, to ask about is, you know, a lot of times we get uh, bogged down in thoughts of despair or the idea that uh, um, this world's just not something that I want, or it's, uh, you know, just the thought that I'm unfulfilled. I don't feel like I have, ever, you know, the things or the thoughts or the, um, the direction that I should have. I mean, what suggestions would you have to give someone who's, uh, uh, to take them from being, feeling like they're unfulfilled to living a full life of hope, one that's 
positive and looking at what the future brings? I guess one way of answering that would be to internalize that all the stuff you're dealing with, all these things that discourage you, that uh, attack you, that are unsatisfying, that create unanswered questions for you, all those things are part of a few decades of your existence. So they're not the most important things. Like, like, don't get, try not to get bogged down in them. Try and realize what is the most important thing. Uh, what is your eternal life going to be? Can you conclude that what reasoning and religion and spirituality say is that you will become one with your creator and you will live forever? If you can reach that conclusion, then it really doesn't too much matter. Like, like a few decades to our creator is like a, is, for us, is like a, a short afternoon for our creator. You know, our creator created us for an eternal life. And I don't know whether that helps or not. Like, yeah, like I despair. <laughs> I despair of humanity. Like it's, it is so screwed up. <laughs> but, but also, you know, all the news, all the commentation deals with what's bad because bad news sells, right? There's an awful lot of good. And if you look behind the obvious and, and find the good in people, in society, in countries, and you find that good, I think, I think it can help you overcome those, those kind of feelings of despair that, uh, that certainly aren't rare. And many people feel, I agree. Oh, so much so. And, uh, and, and I think it's just one of those things that uh, sometimes people have to have the persistence to see around or get through the, the stuff that's sent out there by the news or the stuff that's sent out there by whoever, that it just, everything is bad. Message, yeah, right. I guess. <laughs> yeah, because there is some good out there. You guys got to yeah, find that focus. It. So, Dale, we're finishing up. If someone wanted to follow up and connect with you and or learn more, where would you send them? Well, i i would I would suggest that if they want to learn more, pursue the the wealth of ideas that. Are, are delivered to them in the book and on the website. The idea of the website is a lot of people don't want to read a book, especially younger people. They've seen YouTubes, they've seen TV where, you know, scenes change in a sub-second. You know, they want, they want something that nets it out. <laughs> And so the video channel provides, like it's got 30 videos in it, in the channel. And, and each of them delivers one of the ideas that would, would be good for them to consider and to think through. 
and and so that's on the website that video channel and the website is dellhsmith.com h being my middle initial so it's just simply my name.com and but the second thing is that it it has a blog which has you know two or three dozen 600 word or less essays on an idea so those are the things that you can, you know, they're small bites, they're five-minute bites that can help you learn a little bit more. And and then the final thing I would say is I, I would welcome, as I said initially, it's hard to find people that will share ideas about, so I would just welcome with all my heart anybody to the, the the website has a place to to contact me on it but i just like to have a texture <laughs> or a, uh, uh, an email and again my email is del smith without the initial just del smith d-e-l-s-m-i-t-h dot at rogers a, a plural provider rogers.com so delsmith at rogers.com and please please if you're at all curious and you if there's anything you want to explore you know you're going to have my full attention i can assure you of that well excellent i'll put that information in the show notes so uh, they can easily find it and just to verify when you say um delsmith at rogers.com is it rogers with a d or rogers without a d without a d thank you for that clarification that's it you're welcome uh, last two questions that I like to ask my guests, and uh, the first one goes like this. How do you keep going when so much is going on that you may want to quit? <laughs> you know, that's, how do you keep going? You know, it's, it, it, one way of looking at it is what choice do you have? <laughs> nice, nice. You know, <laughs> you know life's going to go on whether you're on board or not, you know, and so... Uh, you know, and and reflect on the idea that life has no do-overs. Like this is your chance. Like every day is your chance. And and then finally, don't get discouraged, as we talked about earlier. Like like, you know, if you make one small difference in either your thinking or someone else's life, you've you've, you've done. You've done a marvelous thing. So uh, I would say, uh, I, I think those two things, like you get, only get one shot and you are making a difference. So take, take uh, satisfaction in that, feel rewarded in that. And, and, and then maybe you can overcome that, the feeling, the overwhelming feeling hey, is too much. Let me out. I, I quit. <laughs> Excellent. Love it. Uh, last question for you. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? What would you say if given a chance to say thank you? Well, uh, probably the, the teacher that made the biggest impact on my life was a very interesting guy. He was a, a mathematics teacher in high school. And the difference he made is he showed me that nothing 
need stop me. He, he gave me tremendous confidence, and the way he did it was, was really quite unique. Like, he was gruff. Like, he, was, he scared most of his pupils into learning. And he had some excellent techniques. So the last five people that came into this classroom had to go up to the board and write on their board their answer to one of the questions of the homework. And of course, most of them hadn't even done the homework, much less be proud of what they'd come up with. So while they were struggling with that, he would go down a list of questions like, okay, what's this? What's this? And he'd go down one row and back up the other, and you knew he was going to hit you. It was coming. So he started paying attention. The third thing that he would do is he had no patience for someone that didn't try, but he would give his full attention to anyone that did. And he would welcome them to come in after the end of the school day, and he would spend individual time with them and help them. And and he did. And once a person experienced that, that someone believed in them and that cared and that they could do better, that had a huge impact. Like, I, I you know, probably built an awful ego with me. <laughs> That, that, you know, I know if I, the more I try, the more I will accomplish. And that, of course, is true of everyone. Awesome. I love it. Uh, Dell. thanks so much for talking with me today. Discovering Life's Purpose, Reexamining the Club is a book that will cause you to question and think about your world. Wishing you the best in all you do. Well, thank you. And I wish you a good search. And that I wish all your listeners that same excellent search for discovering life's purpose. Hey, you have been listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the podcast network based in Canada called Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right. The opinions expressed on Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmaletto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much. You're awesome.